0: what's cracking, big dokes welcome bike to the channel welcome bike to headquarters my name is nicholas this is b d g e big dogs gotta eat fantasy football things are getting spicy it's almost august so it's time to get bold if you missed yesterday's video we did bold predictions for 2020 fantasy football afc edition we are bike nfc everyone's big mad at me yesterday a lot of xbox users out there that's what it fucking was a lot of xbox users out there angry at me because i'm talking about sony sony michelle Shoney Michelle stands still in coming bike with a vengeance 2020. You heard it. You heard it here today. We're talking NFC, but I want to talk about some of my favorite bold predictions. I saw you guys post on Twitter because sometimes when I know what my videos are going to be for the week, like if I have a theme, I'll post it on Twitter and see what see what's marinating in those soft brains of yours out there. So I posted a tweet. What are some bold predictions you have for fantasy this year? If you're not following me on Twitter, make sure you do so at Nick underscore B D G E. Big dogs got to eat, so I'm gonna read off some of my favorite ones that I saw posted yesterday. Most of them were just lazy. Most of them were just like Joe Mixon finishes a top five running back, Kenyon Drake finishes a top five running back. Those are those are too fucking boring to include. Here's a tweet that I really like from Sterling Mosley at y underscore not underscore me. That's the most fucking annoying name. I'm not reading the rest of that, but he put like ten of them. I appreciated them because they were kind of out of the box. You got DJ Moore, the wide receiver one. Njoku traded to the Cardinals. Scary Terry with 150 targets this year. That's a fact, not even a prediction. Drew Brees doesn't finish the year as the Saints starter. That would be quite interesting. I really like that one. Josh Allen wins MVP. Kareem Hunt gets traded. Aaron Jones becomes a Niner. A.J. Dillon leads all rookie running backs in touchdowns. Love the spice there. Andres Moya at Goodfellas F1. Tyler Higbee finishes outside the top twenty at his position. Philip Lindsay finishes the season better than Melvin Gordon. I really really like that one. Cam Newton underwhelms as a Patriot and doesn't place top twenty at his position. He says i win the championship in every league i'm in i get an invite to visit the white house and i take a selfie sip and rye whiskey and my feet kicked up on the potus's desk it becomes my twitter profile pic going into 2021 that my friend is what we call fucking swag though we'd be sipping on tequila not rye whiskey how do y'all be coming in here saying this player is going to be top 12 or whatever and they're like literally already being drafted inside the top 12 that would make that the opposite of a bold prediction that would be a safe prediction Maybe I should do it. Maybe that would be good clickbait. Safe predictions for 2020 fantasy football. I wonder if any of y'all would actually click on that. And I like the one from the homie at uh fantasy football advice. If you're not following their YouTube channel, that's another worthwhile follow for sure on here. Nick. Zilak at Nick Zilak FFA he says Antonio Brown is on 20 plus percent of championship teams I like that I think there's been a lot of buzz about Antonio Brown working out with a lot of teams I, man he's ready there's going to be a team that's desperate for a weapon and I do feel like Antonio Brown does step on the field at some point this year I don't know why but that's been a growing sentiment inside my black hole of his stomach I think Brown sees the field at some point in 2020 I don't know if it's I don't know if he has to start with a suspension and then he gets on the field week six or if he's not signed until midway through the season or he's not signed until week 10 or whatever but it's pretty damn clear from the one game the six routes that he ran with Tom Brady last year the crazy man has still got it in him. E.G.A. fantasy football. Ken Drake busts, loses his job to Chase Edmonds in week six, and Edmonds runs the table as the RB as an RB1 to close the year. I love that. I think that's a that's a nice bold prediction with real tangibility behind it. All right, so I'm not going to read any more off, but there was literally 153 different answers to it. So I love you all for the uh, engagement. I love you guys for commenting. If you did drop in again, go follow me. I will actually link the thread there so you can go directly to the link and then go see what everyone else wrote down there in the comment section. But I'm ready to get started with with my bold predictions for the NFC. So y'all know the drill by this point. I'm still going to fucking instruct you to tuck your damn shirts in. Stop yelling. And let's see if y'all got any spicy 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 takes for the nfc drop them in the comment section make sure that if you do enjoy the video you hit the button that looks like this down below let's start off on the beast coast with the nfc East. this is easily the most boring take that I'll make today. So this is like a take that you guys would make, to be honest with you. Three of the top five fantasy running backs are going to come from the NFC East division. Pretty obvious when you just think about it for a second. Adrian Peterson, Deion Lewis, and Boston Scott. That's all I got for y'all today. Nah, I mean, obviously, Saquon, Zeke, and the God, Miles Sanders. Saquon's ready to explode, man. Team's got an improved offensive line. Danny Dimes coming to his second year. Second year in the system. This is going to be a team that puts it together. They are an offense absolutely on the rise. And and Saquon dealt with the high ankle sprain last year, man. That's what it was. He's a specimen. He's the best pure running back in the NFL right now. No questions. Listen, I love Christian McCaffrey. Production is off the chart. He might go down as the single best fantasy player of all time when all is said and done. But if you you were starting a, a franchise tomorrow and you had to choose one running back to start it with, None of you mother fathers are choosing C-Mac over Saquon. That's big facts only. The high ankle sprain is what killed him last year. It was Saquon. It was Alvin You Look what happened. And there was a running back that's better than both of those guys. Run AMC, a movie every time he steps on the field. Anthony McFarlane, baby, out of Maryland. He dealt with a high ankle sprain his final year at Maryland. Otherwise, his numbers would have been explosive, orgasmic. But this is what happens. You deal with the high ankle sprain and it ruins the entire season. Saquon Barkley back to full health. Looking like a man amongst unborn children out there on the NFL football field. I don't even know why I'm wasting my time arguing about Saquon in the top five. It would be more of a bold prediction if Saquon wasn't a top five running back. Then we have Ezekiel Elliott, perennial top five guy, high-powered offense, Offensive line, very good. This is a team that's going to move the ball and move the ball and move the ball and give him... Again, I'd be surprised if he finished with fewer than double-digit touchdowns. If he finishes with 15 or 16, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think he he, he fits into that top five mold, no questions asked. Then we move over to Philly with your boy, Miles Sanders. Talked a lot about Miles Sanders. I don't want to go too in-depth here because... We've had videos where I talk about him for 27 minutes already. And there will be videos where I talk about him for another 27 minutes in the future. But Miles Sanders, they just didn't add any veteran running backs, man. I know y'all want to talk about a committee, but a committee with who? With who? If they add a veteran running back, okay, I will reassess things. I will move Sanders down my my board because I need to be unbiased. I need to be objective about this. But right now they are screaming that Sanders is ready to explode he is ready to fucking breathe fire out of his mouth like a goddamn dragon this offense is going to be good this offensive line is going to be good i know the brandon brooks injury hurt but they re-signed Jason Peters to play guard, and he's ready to make the move. And I was reading a couple different articles they put out. Uh, Mike Tags did one at Fantasy Pros. They did their PFF yearly ranking going into 2020. The offensive line, both were written after the Brandon Brooks injury, and both still have Philadelphia as a top 10 offensive line, if not higher. I think a couple of them had them at like six or seven. Whatever, whatever, whatever. This offensive line is going to be very good. They have no one else to give the damn ball to. Stop making a narrative that's not going to fit the mold here. Boston Scott, is he going to catch some passes? Sure. But Miles Sanders caught a ton of passes while Boston Scott was having his little breakout over the last month of the season. This is Sanders' season. This is Saquon' season. This is Ezekiel Elliott eating more than he's already been eating during COVID season. All right, let's get out of the East. Let's move across the coasts to the West Coast. Robert Woods will score the single most fantasy points of any player in this division that is not a quarterback. Other candidates that I'm going to have to play devil's advocate for here include Kenyon Drake, Chris Carson, DeAndre Hopkins, Cooper Cup, Raheem Mostert, George Kittle. Could have been Debo, but he got hurt. Lockett, Metcalf. A lot of players to discredit right here. I'm about to make a farce out of all of them. But you start with the the running backs. You have Kenyon Drake. Listen, I'm just if you all listen to me, you know, I value showing that you can be the workhorse for the entirety of a season. We have like an eight-year sample size, maybe even nine years at this point. If Kenyon Drake never handling the workload, yes, I understand he was good over the second half of last year. Not enough for me to feel secure about Kenyon. Like, do you, would you really, really bet on Kenyon Drake being able to operate as the workhorse for 16 games for Arizona next year? They still have a terrible offensive line. Like they barely upgraded it. I still think that's going to be a problem. I also think Chase Edmonds is extremely underrated, extremely talented, and there's a good chance that he eats into the workload a little bit there. So I I think there are more outs for Kenyon Drake not to be incredible in 2020 than there are for him to actually finish the season as the workhorse there. Chris Carson's incredible specimen, but obviously coming off the serious hip injury and he's a guy that, you know, he's broken more than Mr. Glass. So... I don't know if I have confidence in him actually staying healthy for the year. So I'll just bet against that. When you come to San Fran, like Raheem Oster, there's no way I have confidence in him playing out for the whole year. Tevin Coleman's going to have his three touchdown games. Raheem Oster is going to have his games of 150 yards from scrimmage. But listen, like I don't think either of them are going to put it together. This is just a Kyle Shanahan offense. They're just going to spit, rinse, recycle different running backs. We have no idea who's going to end up as the running back one there. So I have very little confidence there. You have Metcalf and Lockett, similar to the way I explained Zach Moss and Devin Singletary in yesterday's video. They're going to cannibalize each other. I could see both guys, again, ending up with 1,000 to 1,100 yards from scrimmage and five to eight touchdowns. Like I don't think that gets it done when you look at Robert Woods last year. 1,250 yards from scrimmage. The touchdowns are going to go... You know, we talked about this. I, I talked about this in a prior video where Robert Woods, it was like amongst the last 20 years running uh, wide receivers that had, I'm not even going to get into the details, but it was a stat that basically all but guarantees Robert Woods' touchdown numbers are going up. And I, w- I will cover it in a little more depth in a minute. But I want you want to talk about DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins had nearly 100 fewer yards last year than Robert Woods did. I don't know if most people know that. Robert Woods had almost 100 more yards than DeAndre Hopkins did. And DeAndre Hopkins averaged 10 targets a game last year. 10 targets a game last year, still finished with 100 fewer yards than Robert Woods. He's not getting that volume in Arizona, man. I know he's still an absolute beast on the outside. One of the greatest of all time. Step on the damn field outside of the hash marks. And he still is. Like his, his talent is still very much elite. I'm not talking about DeAndre Hopkins dropping off in terms of talent. He's washed up or anything like that. But the first year in a new offense, especially with this summer, one that they want to go a little bit more run heavy. We saw that over the second half of last year. Whether it's Kenyon Drake or Chase Edmonds, they want, that to be a part of their team more so than just airing it out left and right. I just think DeAndre Hopkins finishes at 75 to 80 catches, probably a thousand to 1100 yards, similar to Lockett and Metcalf. And I don't think that's enough to, to push Bobby Woods to, to, to smoke up Bobby trees there, man. So I think the easiest path for Robert Woods not to hit this is obviously you know either Chris Carson or Kenyon Drake stays healthy for 15 or 16 games, and it's much easier for running back to score fantasy points when they're on the field. However, I do think the out that might make the strongest case is George Kittle, depending on what happens with Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel, he's on a very tight timetable. It was like eight to ten weeks recovery, and still that might be pushing it. That's like right by the beginning of the season, so he might start the year on the pup list. If that happens, Georgie K might be seeing eight to ten targets a game for the first six weeks of the season, and he might just come out the gate like a firecracker and explode. That could be an issue. But this is not all just about disliking these guys from this division, which is not the case for me. I don't dislike them. I just love... Mr. Bobby Woods. Woods is the guy to own there. I think this is becoming more and more clear. If you look at the second half of last year, man, I could bring this up as many times as as you guys will allow me before booing me off the YouTube stage. But after the bye, they just went 12 personnel, two tight ends, two wide receivers, pushing cup to the outside. He is a primarily slot receiver. That's where he succeeds. He's not that good on the outside. Robert Woods became a legitimate top five fantasy wide receiver over the second half of the season. This is the splits after the bye. 15 and a half half PPR. 19.2 PPR this is while he was not scoring touchdowns. look at those numbers seven and a half receptions 11 and a half targets per game 11 and a half targets per game almost 95 receiving yards he's going to start scoring more touchdowns that's a fact and when he does that if he's seeing the same volume that he did at the end of last year it's going to be problem for people that did not draft Robert Woods for people that are not smoking Bobby fucking trees okay so Let's move off the coasts. Let's move up north to the AF- to the NFC North. I have two here. I'm going to do one really quickly and not actually give you any big facts behind it. It's just a big fact in itself. DeAndre Swift will be the highest scoring rookie running back in 2020. Highest scoring rookie running back in 2020. Over the second half of the year, he's going to operate as a top five fantasy running back. Win some damn leagues. He's going to win you some leagues. He's going to get you one of these. He's going to get you one of these. My real bold prediction for this division is that Devontae Adams outscores Michael Thomas's 2019 fantasy numbers. Took a while for this offense in Green Bay to get going, but once they clicked, once they learned Matt LaFleur's offense, once Devontae Adams came back from his injury, once he was bike healthy, Lord of mercy, you look at these numbers, man. From weeks 10 through the conference championship, a nine-game sample size, 11.3 targets a game, 7.6 receptions a game, 97 yards per game, Seven total touchdowns in nine games. That's 18.2 half PPR points per game. Michael Thomas last year, 18.8 half PPR fantasy points per game. And they added absolutely nothing to this offense that would suggest Devontae Adams is not going to see that much volume, if not more. Now that it is the second year in Matt LaFleur's offense, things are going to be clicking. They don't need that five, six week buffer time to get things rolling. And I also want to address another narrative that I myself as well as a lot of people in fantasy have kind of been pushing that this is a very run first, run heavy offense. That's actually not the case. The running backs are very involved. But when we're talking about their actual game plan and their strategy, it doesn't actually revolve around the running backs. Last year, last year, Aaron Rodgers finished eighth in a league in pass attempts, 569. The team was 16th in terms of passing rate. So they passed the ball at a 60% rate, which was middle of the pack despite finishing at 13-3. and Last year, there were only five teams, this is courtesy of Sharp Football Stats, there were only five teams that ran more offensive plays while leading than the Green Bay Packers. That was New England, Baltimore, KC, San Francisco, and New Orleans. Green Bay was running a ton of plays with the lead last year. Obviously, that lends itself to more running. Green Bay is not a 13-3 and team. I think we can all agree to that. They will be in a lot more situations where it's either tied or they are trailing in 2020. That means more volume for Devonte adams who already had a ridiculous piece of the pie you want to talk about being on a fucking 2000 calorie diet Devonte adams every time he steps on the field is hitting his calorie mark for the fucking week 29 percent target share 33 air yard share they're not throwing the, the ball downfield that much anymore but neither was new orleans new orleans listen to this stat michael thomas last year 4.4 percent of his targets were downfield were deep balls four point four percent of them. That was the lowest in the NFL last year. Devonta Adams, 17.7 percent of his targets were downfield. That is four times more, four times more often he's getting targeted downfield than Michael Thomas was last year. And look at the target numbers just down the stretch right before they started clicking. Then he got hurt. If he's getting this type of volume next year, like that, look at this one game where he had less than double digit, 15, 10, 10, 12, 10, 6. 13, 16, 13, 11, 11. Look at the playoff games. Eight for 160, two touchdowns. Nine for 138. Devontae Adams is about to do this year what everyone thought and expected him to do last year. It is time. It is time. Devontae Adams is overtaking the NFL for 2020. Let's move down south where my Atlanta Falcons currently reside. Make sure if you are enjoying the video up to this point, you go down, you go down and find this thing. And then you move your mouse over and you just fucking click that shit. Uh, Drop any comments or questions that you have about your fantasy teams as well. I'll try my best to get around to them in the comments. I will be doing a live stream Q&A this Saturday as well as every single Saturday going forward for the remainder of the offseason and the regular NFL season. That will be available to Patreons. Patreon.com slash B-D-G-E. Patreon.com forward slash B-D-G-E. Y'all will be in there with me Saturday. I'll post a link on Patreon. Y'all will join me. It'll be very exclusive very intimate. I'll give you like virtual hugs, maybe virtual kiss. If I'm in a really good mood, those videos will go up on YouTube afterwards. So everyone can watch them. But Only the people that are Patreons, only my Patrons, will actually be in there with me asking their personal questions. So go sign up patreon.com slash B-D-G-E. Let's move to the dirty, 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 dirty South. There are a lot of things I thought about doing for this one. You know, something boring like Kamara, the overall running back one. This division will finish with six of the top ten fantasy wide receivers. Calvin Ridley, Julio, Godwin, Evans, DJ Moore, Michael Thomas. But I wanted to choose one that I really, really, really believe in and this is kind of from left field, but bro, I'm I am really in on Jared Cook this year. I don't care about his old age. When he came back from his injury last year, he was an animal. He was the tight end seven in fantasy last year and half PPR. From weeks five through 17, Cook scored double digit fantasy points in nine of 10 games. He had games of 18.9, 19.4, and 21.9 points. I would literally argue that he's the single best tight end value in fantasy football this year, I don't even know what my bold prediction is, to be honest with you. I would say that he's the highest scoring tight end in this division, but I don't really think that's hard to do considering the other people. Maybe I'll just say Jared Cook is... Jared Cook finishes as the tight end for overall. I have him ranked, I believe, the tight end six right now or tight end seven in my rankings, which are available on our draft guide, which you can copy very easily through MonkeyNightFight.com. If you use promo code BDGE, when you deposit $10 or more, that's literally all you got to do. Play a game on there for $2, you will get the draft guide for free. You will get our season-long draft guide for free, which has all of our rankings, as well as a billion other really useful tools for your fantasy season help you draft the Premier elite team for your fantasy league, as well as the rookie dynasty kit you're getting absolutely for free when you go through Monkey Knife Fight and Doctor Morse's full injury guide. It is the single best value. We want to talk about Jared Cook being the single best tight end value, single best product value you can find in fantasy football this summer. MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Use the promo code BDGE when you sign up and deposit ten bucks. Play game on there of $2, you will get an email from me with access. If you're not available in a state with monkey knife fight, you can just cop the guide regularly at bigdogsdraftguide.com. But Jared Cook, when I tweeted that out, I had my boy Kyle underscore FF Recon quote tweet it and he said, Jared Cook was the overall tight end two from weeks ten through seventeen last year as well. This is relevant because Drew Brees returned from injury in week 10. You hear that? Once Drew Brees returned from injury, Jared Cook was clicking. He was in there, he was an in- animal over the second half of last year and I read a really good article I'm gonna see if I could find it for you guys I'm gonna link it down below from someone at ESPN talking about Jared Cook's involvement into the in the offense in 2020 and no I'm not worried about Adam Troutman he's a rookie guys like rookie tight ends do not commit in targets especially when there's a guy ahead of you in the depth chart it just doesn't happen the article referenced Jared Cook's slow start like why it was a slow start for him over the first couple of weeks he actually had an undisclosed ankle injury I believe going into the year started off slow then Drew Brees got hurt but once Drew Brees got back onto the field once Jared Cook was on the field with uh, with a healthy Drew Brees and he was healthy himself that's when he started to explode Jared Cook is a a premier athlete we saw him break out in Oakland obviously he was the only target there but I'm I'm really really in on Jared Cook this year I know the touchdown numbers are ridiculous but I think the volume is going to be higher this year for Jared Cook I think the efficiency in terms of yards perception and the target accuracy I'm really really sold on Jared Cook if you if you cannot tell, I think he's going to absolutely ball out this year and just be someone that no one wants to take, but they should be targeting late in drafts. He's the one of the best late tight end values. Like if you're going to go with a Hawkinson or a Noah fan or something, pair him up with Jared Cook like a few rounds later and you'll be sit. All right. Those are my bold predictions for each division in the NFC conference i hope you guys enjoyed this video today if you did make sure you hit the thumbs up again make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're new we're doing fantasy videos six days a week we have expanded our weekly palette of featured films six days a week we're still not going to be yelling on sundays fortunately for y'all the only thing i want to yell about on sundays is the fact that chick-fil-a is closed other than that life is good we gotta get back to work have a fantastic tuesday I hope you guys fucking destroy the rest of y'all's weeks. And again, if you want to support the brand, monkeyknifefight.com. Use the promo code BDGE when you deposit $10 and you'll get the draft guide absolutely free. I love y'all. I'm out. I'll see you tomorrow on Bunk Bed.